What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? No, I can't. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Well, it's been a little while since I've sang anything on this show. Probably like a day or two. I don't know. But give me, give me more. Give me more. Give me, give me. Woo, DJ Moore. 45 fantasy points. And yeah. You sang yesterday. What'd you say? You sang yesterday. What did I sing? You sang, um, uh, Heath asked you to sing something about. uh... What? (laughs) I don't remember this at all. Yes, you did. It was. That's gonna drive me crazy. Um, you asked who sings that song. I forget who, what it was. I don't know. <laughs> well, it was oh. a while. It's been almost. Oh, it was. Uh, who do you love? Oh, you're right. I did sing. Damn it! <laughs> All right. You literally sang yesterday. Well, that's a while Any for me. Singing. That's a long time for me. That's actually what like four shows ago for you. Yeah, I've done right, I've done several things since then, so that's probably why it felt like an eternity. Anyway, Chicago beats Washington 40 to 20. I think that stopped a 14 game losing streak for the Chicago yep. Bears. They were very excited about it. Good stuff. We'll talk about that. We've got uh, six NFC home games to talk about some pretty good games on this slate. The Eagles at the Rams. I mean, we're going to have to rank the wide receivers in this game. It'll be fun. Houston at Atlanta, Dallas at San Francisco, Cincinnati at Arizona. Kansas City at Minnesota, and Carolina at Detroit. Really intriguing games. We're going to beat the waiver wire in a little bit. You know, Deontay Johnson is rostered in 69% of leagues, so he might be available. Yeah, go get him. Yeah, if you have an IR spot, obviously he's rostered in those leagues most likely, but Deontay Johnson could be out there for you. But let's start with uh, Chicago 40 and Washington 20. And we did have some injuries to both Bears running backs, so we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Deontay Foreman was inactive, but there's a possibility he's a big waiver claim next week against uh, the Vikings. But anyway, I asked this to Jamie on FFT and five. Dave, I'll ask it to you. Buy, sell, hold, fields, and more. Two big games in a row for the for this passing game. 
they are must-start fantasy options for the remainder of the season, or at least until Justin Fields turns back into a pumpkin. How how in the world can you say anything other than that? I don't see either one as sell-high candidates. Uh, Moore is the only guy who's great in this passing game. Komet's okay, obviously. He scored now in consecutive weeks. But Fields, second week in a row, looked really comfortable throwing the football until pressure started to come. And then he struggled a little bit more, but it, it didn't matter because DJ Moore was still making plays after the catch. He's outstanding, going to have a huge target share from week to week, must start fantasy receiver. And I, I, I love what I'm, I, I love what I'm seeing. I'm so encouraged. Chicago studied the matchup against Washington. They saw that defenses were throwing deep on them. What did they do literally on the first three pass plays of the game? Yeah. They went 15 plus air yards downfield and I love it. I hope they continue to play smart and prepare smart. And as long as they're giving Fields enough protection, I, I guess we can trust them for his arm. I, th- I think it's great. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, Jamie, you agree. You mostly agree with that, right? Yeah. I mean, look, he, as I said to you last night, Packers spent a month game planning for the Bears. He had a mediocre game there. Bucks defense is probably going to end up being better than we think, especially when they're healthy. And he struggled there. Kansas City was probably going to be a bloodbath. We expect him to play a little bit better, but, you know, struggled there. And then two easier matchups. And so there's going to be ebbs and flows. That's just the nature, I think, of how he's going to be. But I like the design runs last night. I think, you know, getting 50 yards rushing on top of the passing is is awesome. And so you're seeing, the I think, the evolution of what Justin Fields is. Hold on. Yeah. Here's their schedule moving forward. Minnesota, Las Vegas, the Chargers at New Orleans, Carolina, at Detroit, at Minnesota, and then they're by in week 13. Yeah, it's good. Very good. I think it's good. I think it's really good. All right, on the other side of the ball, we saw, I saw a stat, uh, it was like 51 or 55 straight dropbacks without a pass attempt, without a rush attempt, I don't know, something crazy. It was like the most in the, in, two, in the era that whoever tracked that was tracking it. So anyway... My point is, they didn't run the ball. They had of all six, the people who track. They you track know what? I got to look it up now because it was it was amazing. They just threw and threw and threw and threw, and you still got almost nothing from McLaurin and Dotson. But you got a oh, huge yeah. game from Logan Thomas. Dave, your thoughts on the Washington passing game? So what ended up happening? First of all, the Bears played nothing but zone coverage in the first quarter and one snap of man coverage in the entire first half for the second week in a row. So it's working for them, and that keeps receivers from beating them deep. And Sam Howell kind of took what the defense gave him. I don't think they necessarily did anything to double-cover McLaurin or Dotson. I think this offense is is predicated on spreading the ball around, and Eric Bieniemy learned in Kansas City to use running backs and tight ends, and he is. And so Sam Howell is following the offense, and it really stinks. I, I thought McLaurin would have had a good game. I'm kind of I'm kind of looking at Dotson as a bi-week replacement wide receiver right now. I think that's as good as it gets. It wouldn't surprise me if you started to see him get cut in some leagues. And I don't even know if he's that great of a receiver to pick up at this point. But McLaurin might follow suit after games like this. I I think Logan Thomas remains a a streaming tight end. It's a great game. I don't know how how often he'll have games like this. But I, I think Howell deserves a little bit of credit too. Fell into a lot of production because they threw so much in the second half. But he hung with it and he ended up putting up decent numbers. He looked like crap, though. You know, I mean, this wasn't early. He did. This yes. was look, if you started him and he was started in 54 percent of leagues, you got yep, 29 points out of Howell. That was great. But I don't think it was a game where you, you know, grew confident in him. I mean, my, I, well, personally, 
Because I think he looked bad. Well, I mean, and he needed 51 what, what, pass attempts. What are your expectations for him moving forward? He's a bye week replacement. Yeah, He's a guy fair. in two QB and super flex leagues. I mean, yeah, I don't think you're saying this is my savior in one quarterback league. No, I don't think you're starting no. him at Atlanta next week. Uh, not unless he's a bye week replacement. He, he's he had a low A dot seven point six. He was off target on under ten percent of his throws, uh, which was a lot better than Justin Fields actually. But he threw a lot of short passes. He couldn't throw deep because the Bears are dropping seven guys back every single play and because look, they're had, up by two scores plus. He had a, a, a long pass interference call for Terry McLaurin. He had one that should have been called on on a second play for McLaurin down the field. So, you know, there there were a couple of attempts. Okay, so PFF started tracking in 2006. Washington has the most, since that time, uh, 55 straight dropbacks without a design run was the most that PFF has tracked since 2006. Yeah, it's Look, we thought this would be a different game script. We like Brian Robinson for that reason. You just, I guess, yes. always have to be aware if they fall behind, you're going to have some trouble with Brian Robinson. I did like his involvement in the passing game, but that's, you know, I, I don't think something you're banking on, you know, season high four catches for him. Yeah. Hit the uh, prop, though. That was good. So yeah, the in-season projected schedule remaining for Washington coming into this week, they are bottom 10. So they do have a tough schedule. It's the opposite for Chicago, obviously. You know, they, they play in a tough division with some good defenses there. So Howell remains no better than a bi-week QB. Okay, we got some great weekend programming for you. First of all, you can follow us on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it, at Dave Richard, <clears throat> at Jamie Eisenberg, J-A-M-E-Y, at Heath Cummings, S-R, at Adam Azer, A-I-Z-E-R. You can follow Chris. You can follow Dan. You can follow Jacob. You can follow Zach Brook. You can follow Thomas Schaefer. We're going to be answering your questions on Twitter every weekend with the hashtag AskFFT. So reach out to us. Usually we post a thread or something. You can respond to it. Use that hashtag AskFFT. Sunday morning, going at 9 a.m. again, I assume, Sunday morning on yes. HQ. All right, we got a London game. We got the the Bills and the Jaguars in London. So 9 a.m. HQ fantasy football today. 11.30 a.m. during the game. We'll answer your start-sit questions uh, at youtube.com slash fantasy football today. It's pretty cool that you answer those <laughs> questions for everybody. <laughs> don't, make, don't make fun. I have a score. Well, I mean, just buy a bag of Ricola already. You know what problem is? I... I had this, you know, I have a prescription medication for the cough, and it got obviously a lot better. And I stopped taking the medication. It did? I, I don't know. Yes, did you it finish? Did. You ain't supposed to finish it. Oh, dude. First I don't of all, think you have to finish it if the medication. cough goes away, but I, it got a lot better. Now I just have this little, like, wimpy cough. <laughs> I have this little Zoolander cough. Whereas a couple weeks ago, I had the, the hack a lung. Anyway, did you go back to the medication at least? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to. I'm going to have to. Uh, scoring change suggestion. I was thinking maybe we should we should I think I've probably brought this up before. I think every fumble should be minus one and a lost fumble should be minus two. Not an additional minus two, but a lost fumble should be minus two, like it is now. But even a recovered fumble by the offensive team should be a minus one. Thoughts? So wait, wait. If you fumble but you don't lose it, you get minus one? Yeah. So what happens if a quarterback gets like a shotgun snap and drops it and then picks it up and throws a touchdown? It's I minus don't one. think that counts as a fumble. It have to be a fumble in the. I book. believe it's it's scored as a fumble. You think so? He drops the snap. So. No. Yeah, I do. I don't think you're right on that. I, I think I I think I've seen it scored that way before. Uh, so what happens if there is a tip pass from a quarterback? Should he be credited one point on a p- p- potential <laughs> interception? 
You or know drop that's inter- different. Drop the interception. Yeah, right. You drop interception. He throws it right to the defender's hands. I just think that the the fumble is such a bad play. I forgot who fumbled and recovered. Cole Komet, is he, he fumbled yes, last night and recovered happened. it. It's like he yes, should yes. lose a point for that. He should lose a point. Are you getting killed because somebody started Cole Komet against no, you? No, absolutely not. I'm just saying, and you know what? He he kind of caught it. He kind of reclaimed it with his leg. If you do that, you you gain a half a point back for like an extra <laughs> for a leg. All right, just think about it, people. It's good, it's good that you spent uh, three minutes on this, then you're going to rush us through a game. Later. Right, right, right. Yeah. Sorry, we have three games to go and four minutes to do it. Let's go, guys. <laughs> All right, you know what? I'm going to eliminate Philadelphia and the Rams. You guys can figure that one out for yourself. I'm glad we talked about the fumble. <laughs> News and notes. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was limited. Still hasn't cleared the concussion protocol, and that's a Monday night game, so we'll see how that <laughs> progresses. Damn it. Uh, Kenny Pickett's going to play. Derek Carr. I don't know. Derek Carr exists and he has a shoulder injury. Uh, running back news: Javante. Really take Li- a shot every time Adam coughs. D- yeah. Well, what if I mute it? Do you still take a shot? Yes. Okay. Like a fumble. <laughs> that's gonna be a lot. Uh, Javante Williams was limited in practice. Uh oh. So that's the total. Uh, we previewed that game yesterday. Uh, Denver and the Jets. Jamie, your thoughts with Javante returning to practice? Uh, I mean, still keep an eye on it. If he's if he's limited again, you know, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, Jaleel McLaughlin, I hope you didn't spend a lot of fab on him or all your fab on him. Yeah, but we don't know that Javante is playing. But but if he does, right. would he be the highest ranked running back for you for Denver? Yes. By default, but I don't know how long that's going to last for because he's just not fast. Uh, Jonathan Taylor says it feels good to be healthy. But he also didn't seem like it felt too good for him to be a Colt. He did not commit to being there, really, or I'm wanting for to be there. Mm-hmm. Right, so yep. don't drop Zach Moss under any circumstances. Uh, Saquon Barkley practice. Looks like he's trending in the right direction. Uh, Ramondre Stevenson was limited with a thigh injury. Kyron Williams missed... Oh, actually, I don't think I have an update on that. Did Kyron Williams make it back to practice yesterday? I thought I saw a rest day, but I'm not sure. All right, we expect check. Kyron to play, so... Uh, he did. He did limit. He was limited in practice with a hip injury, and Miles Sanders was limited in practice. A wide receiver. We got to talk about Amonra St. Brown. I know you guys are still ranking Amonra St. Brown, but Dave, there's there's got to be at least a chance that Amonra doesn't play because he said something like he hopes to play. I saw a report that says that he's playing. All right, he'll play that. Cooper Cup. You got to you got to be careful though with the Lions. We may get a false report. We saw last week. Uh, what was the false report last week? Uh. The NFL Network, and they corrected themselves, but that said David Montgomery and Taylor oh, Decker out. Right, Remember right. we had the whole fiasco on Thursday? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. Uh, Cooper Cup is, is going to go. Looks good there. T. Higgins missed practice. Zay Jones looks like he's you know looks like he's going to play. What, would you say that, Zay Jones, playing? Seems like he's trending in the right direction. All right. Maybe a little too early for me to be saying that. Odell Beckham and Rashad Bateman are practicing. Jonathan Mingo is out of the concussion protocol. Not a huge deal, but if you look at Terrace Marshall in the last two games, for what it's worth so far, Terrace Marshall's playing time, it seems like directly linked to Jonathan Mingo's availability. Roll, so. too. He's a short area target. Yeah. So. Did you see uh, there There was a report that they're in the market for a number one wide receiver? I don't know what that means, uh, but that's not, I think, a good sign for Mingo right now, that they don't feel comfortable that he, maybe he can mm. grow into that role. Uh, Adam Thielen, by the way, is... well. I'm gonna, I won't go searching through my notes. I have it later when we talk about that game. I have a stat on Thielen. 
Uh, Pat Fryermuth missing practice. Luke Musgrave practiced. Here's what Arthur Smith said on Kyle, um, Kyle Pitts. Uh, he was asked about Kyle Pitts being yeah. healthy. He said, quote, I'd hate to put percentages on it, but you have to acknowledge that I thought against Jacksonville that there were some things outside that he looked as fast as he did as a rookie. It's getting close, but to Kyle's credit, he continues to work and work behind the scenes and has never made an excuse out of anything. All right, he's not healthy, right? No. He's just not. No. It's a, it's, it's a terrible combination of him not running as fast as he can and him being asked to run routes 10-plus yards downfield. Yeah. And so what's happening is Desmond Ritter already wants to get rid of the ball as quickly as he can and throw it short. And Jonu Smith is getting open faster on shorter routes, and he's the one getting targets because it takes Kyle Pitts an extra second to run his route. And he's really only getting open against zone coverage. Yeah, so, you know, obviously it's a big deal. And it's just he's not healthy. That's what we thought, and now we get some confirmation. The Giants mm-hmm. he can still He can still maybe be a touchdown or bust tight end. <laughs> But that's it. The, for now, I don't think you can look at him as an explosive. You can't count on him for big yardage, at least not yet. How many touchdowns does Kyle Pitts have in his career? Two? Three? Three. Two, three, four? Yeah, three. I, so he's Do just— a sophomore year, one is rookie. Yeah. Devon Achan already has more total <laughs> touchdowns in his career in two games than Kyle Pitts has. Uh, the Giants say they want to get Darren Waller more involved. Waller said that he was spending a lot of time on pass protection in week four. You'd probably Chipping. like to see Dan, yeah, Daniel Bellinger— play because he left last week's game he was limited in practice on the offensive line we are really fired up for this Cowboys 49ers game I'm speaking for everyone in the country and uh, they're gonna the Cowboys are gonna have looks like all five of their starting offensive linemen ready to go Minnesota center Garrett Bradbury practiced in full Baltimore right tackle Morgan Moses was limited that's good news we're hoping that Houston gets Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard back this week I don't think Pittsburgh's going to have Dan Moore, their left tackle. Uh, Peter Skaronsky looks like he'll be back for Tennessee. The Giants are going to be missing definitely, almost definitely Andrew Thomas, probably their center, John Michael Schmitz as well, and one more kind of backup offensive lineman. So Giants super beat up there. Uh, And Cole Strange. Cole Strange has barely played. He's trending in the right direction for the Patriots. And that's that for the offensive line for the most part. Defensively, Shaq Leonard has not practiced this week for the Colts, so that could help Derrick Henry for sure. Um, Quiddy Pay, another a defensive lineman, another member of their front seven, also missing practice for the Colts. Baltimore cornerback Marlon Humphrey's been practicing. Uh, Dave Baltimore uh, def- or Buffalo, sorry, defensive end or edge rusher Greg Russo, he's out. Von Miller is questionable. So, what does that mean to you for for Trevor Lawrence? It makes me rethink Trevor Lawrence. And he could end up being a, uh, a a decent starter after all. The the issue was never the secondary for Buffalo. They are beat up there, there too. But if Russo doesn't play, if Von Miller doesn't play, what was a huge strength for the Bills is their pass rush. And now it might be a little lightened up. Cam Robinson might play. He's he's a good offensive yeah. lineman for Jacksonville. Maybe there's an opportunity here for Trevor Lawrence to bounce back. And we talked about Zay Jones coming back. That'll help too. It certainly can. When he had Zay Jones on the field, that was his best game of the season, fantasy-wise, mm-hmm. was that week one performance against the Colts. Also probably his easiest matchup uh, so far this year as well. I still trust this Bills defense that they'll get things right enough or have enough ammunition on the defensive side of the ball to limit Trevor Lawrence because we just haven't seen that big game from him yet that we've been waiting for. So hopefully it happens, but I'm still a little bit nervous, even if those guys are missing. But look, I mean, Von Miller's 
made the trip. So that's a sign that he might actually play. Yep, that's true. Do you have anybody ranked ahead of that's Trevor? That's the game of the week, yeah. <laughs> what were you waiting for? We're going out to London. That's the game of the week. For the Bills and the Jags, yeah. Not the Cowboys oh, and the Niners. You have just absolutely costanza I thought it would be Chiefs Vikings. I was waiting for that music for that. Game. I'm looking for By the a way, good game. I I don't know. Actually, Chiefs Vikings would be a pretty good game, I guess. Chiefs Vikings is the game of the week. Thank you for not jinxing that one. By the way, when you <laughs> hear that song, do you ever think of the uh, of that scene from 500 Days of Summer where he's walking down the street and he's like <laughs> dancing around? Like I picture you, Adam, dancing down the street and high fiving people. When I when I hear that song, why why did you why did you wait? He he gave you enough. You didn't need me to jump in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I told Jamie Seriously. before the show to jump in and talk about the game to kind of get Dave going. And then I saw Jamie was talking, and Dave's eyes lit up like he couldn't wait to make this point. I was like, yes, I'm going to smash this button no. right now. <laughs> I act, I have a question: Is there anybody that you Jamie that you have ranked over Trevor Lawrence now that you would change if you knew that Russo and Von Miller weren't playing for Buffalo? If I knew that they were not playing, right? So Bills. I don't defense, think he's going to outscore Sam Howell. No, <laughs> I don't think so either. But like, I've got Jared Goff ranked one spot ahead of Lawrence. I like I could Goff see much my, better than Lawrence. I could see myself flipping that. I don't know if I will, but I, I would consider that. All right. Well, that's a it's a bold call for game of the week. Um, and uh, let's yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, Dre Greenlaw and Charvarius Ward, two key members for the Niners. They were limited in practice. That's good. Saints getting a little healthier on defense, it looks like, at New England this week. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, we got one question for each game. Beat the waiver wire and then a breakdown of six NFC home games. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football Today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody. One question for each game. Philadelphia at the Rams. Rank the wide receivers. Jamie, you can go first. Assuming everybody's playing? Yep. Brown, Smith, Cup, Nakua, Atwa. Dave? I've got Brown, Smith, Cup, Nakua, Atwell, Zacchaeus. And uh, Nakua being fourth, is he in your top 24? Do we have four top 24 receivers in this game? He's right on the cusp. I've got him at 25. I had Terry McLaurin a spot ahead of him. <laughs> Stupid. All right, Houston at Atlanta. Are we thinking another big day for the Houston passing game, or is Atlanta's defense going to win this battle? I'm not shying away from Houston's passing game right now by any stretch. Okay. I'm starting I'm starting Nico as a number two receiver, but I, I kind of have a feeling that he could get the A.J. Terrell treatment. 
And if that offensive line is healthy, what they might do is start Tunsil at left tackle and Titus Howard at left guard. And if they right. do that, they might be inclined to run more. Uh, Start of the game for that. I'm a little nervous about these Texans, and and I think that the the Falcons will have some sort of plan for putting a top over Tank Dell, kind of like the Steelers did. But they've got a better cover corner that can put the clamps down on Nico when he lines up outside. I'm starting them, but I'm not loving them. Yeah, uh, only two quarterbacks now. Going back to last year, only two quarterbacks in the last 14 games against Atlanta have scored more than 20 fantasy points, non-decimal, in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. That was Justin Fields last year and Jordan Love this year. All right, back to one question for each game. Our third game is Dallas at San Francisco. Do you like either of the quarterbacks or either of the tight ends in this game? I like Ferguson over Kittle. Ferguson's a starter. and uh, Kittle's a borderline starter. Um, and I like Purdy over Dak. But but do you uh, like them in general? Like, do you like the? Are they top twelve quarterbacks? No, no, no. But Purdy, I think, is a good bye replacement if you had him on your bench. Okay. Cincinnati at Arizona, Dave. What are your expectations for Michael Wilson? Fifty four percent rostered. I think he'll do okay. I think he's going to continue to get a lot of snaps and playing time and targets, and he's got a shot to score. And he he's different than your typical rookie. He looks like he's just a lot more like dialed in and able to run a variety of routes, and Cincinnati's secondary is a little shaken up right now. Are they? That's key because they've been very good. It's been a they have. Is Cam great. Taylor Brick going to play? I don't know. Let's find out. Taylor Britt. For the, the entire Bengals. podcast stops for Cam limited, Taylor Limited. Uh, okay, he's in the concussion protocol. He was limited. Um, All right, hopefully if he clears it, that does, I think it makes a little bit of a difference. Okay. We'll see. The way that Dobbs is playing, I I, I like I kind of like Arizona. I think that they might end up putting up some points. Wilson's a good, not a good number three receiver, an okay number three receiver. All right, Kansas City at Minnesota. This Chiefs defense been pretty good. Does Minnesota put up a big number on what has been a good defense, or are they going to let us down other than Justin Jefferson? How are you guys feeling? Jamie, what is your vibe on Minnesota? Garbage time. Uh, that's when Kirk Cousins has been at his best so far this season. So I think we'll get that again this week because I don't think Minnesota's defense is going to stop the Chiefs. No surprise there. So I think you'll get uh, what we saw the first couple of weeks for Kirk Cousins. I think Addison has a chance to score. I know he was miserable last week, but I think that had to do with how the game unfolded, the fact they didn't have the ball very much. Um, if you're desperate, K.J. Osborne, because he's still playing more than Jordan Addison, and then you're starting the two main guys in the passing game when it comes to Jefferson and Hawkinson. Are we overrating the Chiefs a little bit, by the way, offensively? They're 11th in scoring. They are 5th in yards per play or tied for 4th or 5th in yards per play. Um, but they're not, They've had they, two they down games. They I mean, the, like the, the Chiefs. The Jaguars game was a little bit of a struggle, and the Jets game was a little bit of a struggle. And the Lions game was a struggle. But that was oh, about, that was. But I mean, no Kelsey in that game. I kind of yeah. discount that one. Okay. Um, so I don't think we're un- overrating the Chiefs offense. I mean, it's enough of a sample size with Mahomes and Reed together that they're pretty good. Uh, Carolina's at Detroit. Should we use Josh Reynolds or Jamison Williams this week, Dave? I'd lean Reynolds, but I, I'm not itching to start either one of them. You starting Michael I mean, Wilson? Look, there's no Amonra St. Brown. You're probably starting Josh Reynolds. Oh, yeah, that would change things, but we're expecting ARSB at this point. Um, are you starting uh, Michael Wilson over Reynolds or J- or Jamison? Yes. If there's Amonra, yes. If there's no Amonra, I would start Reynolds over Wilson. 
this is the last game we're talking about, so it's going to be a while till we get to it. So I'll just ask another question. I mean, David Montgomery, good start or a great start this week? Great. great. Yeah, this Carolina's run defense absolutely stinks. Meanwhile, Detroit has the best run defense in football so far. Beat the waiver wire. Two teams on a bye next week, Green Bay and Pittsburgh. So plan ahead. Uh, Kyle, Kyler Murray's still out there. He is 43% rostered. Josh Dobbs, if you need someone for next week, 39% rostered. He's at the Rams. Jimmy Garoppolo against New England. I don't know. It's possible New England's defense really struggles without two of their best players who could be out for the season. Um, I got Baker Mayfield on here against Detroit. I don't know. Thankfully, it's you know it's Jordan Love and Kenny Pickett out next week, so it shouldn't be dire straits at quarterback or anything like that. Um, I don't know if you guys throw in any names you guys want, but I have Chuba Hubbard. I think Chuba Hubbard makes sense. With Miles Sanders obviously hurt, not playing so well. Chuba Hubbard's 56% rostered. Tank Bigsby, 53%. You can look at any handcuff right now and just pick them up, but Bigsby's pretty available. Rico Dowdle, 18%. Um, Josh Palmer, Ronnie Rivers, Ronnie Rivers, sure. Uh, Josh Palmer, seventy four percent. Who? Uh, no, I said Ronnie was a good one. Okay. Deeper leagues, Josh Downs, and if he stays on IR, Keaton Mitchell can be stashed another week. Uh, yeah, Josh Palmer in shallow leagues. Deontay Johnson, sixty nine percent rostered. Quinton Johnston, fifty seven percent rostered. I don't know if JSN got dropped. It's a thing I. I, I mean, are you guys really adding JSN if you see him? There's just been no indication that any type of breakout's coming. I think if you have an open roster spot, you should be stashing him because as we've seen with Quentin Johnston, there's an opening now because of an injury. And so if something were to happen to Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf, this, yeah, the, well. the ceiling is still very very much in play. So you have to be patient. But yes, it's it's not exactly been the most encouraging start in redraft leagues, but we still know that there's so much upside with these guys. And what do teams do during their bye week? Mm-hmm. They self-evaluate. And so at some point, someone in the Seattle coaching staff is going to say, hey, we've got this first-round pick. He's pretty good. He's moving around well. Why don't we try and incorporate him a little bit more into the offense? Except they've been good, you know? I mean, that's the thing. It's not like they're struggling. But I, I, I you know, yeah, hopefully the bye week changes things for them. I get it. Uh, Rasheed Rice, he's going up against Denver on Thursday, so that's good. And you don't want to you don't want to miss out on it. They finally got him on the field for seventy percent of the snaps. The schedule is incredible for Kansas City coming up, so we keep banging that drum. At least I do. Uh, Rasheed Rice, Michael Wilson, fifty four percent rostered. Michael Gallup, thirty three percent rostered. He's been good. Wandale Robinson could help you out in PPR. He's sixteen percent rostered. Some DSTs. Seattle is at Cincinnati next week. Atlanta's at Washington, uh, and New England, at, I don't know if I really believe in New England. They're 75% rostered. They're at Las Vegas next week, and Garoppolo throws a lot of interceptions. Anyone else, that guys, to beat the waiver wire with? Not that Let's I go to of. the games. Let's go to the games. I think this one is so intriguing from a fantasy perspective. Let's see what happens. Philadelphia at the Rams. Uh, your first stat of the game, before we talk about the wide receivers, uh, no running back has more than 45 rushing yards against the Eagles this year. Only Brian Robinson has scored a rushing touchdown or any touchdown against the Eagles. They face New England, Minnesota, Tampa Bay, and Washington. They actually have a better yards per carry allowed to running backs without Fletcher Cox on the field than with him on the field, both this year and last year. I don't know if that's a fluke or not. I mean, I'll think not having Fletcher Cox is a good thing. But Kyron Williams, he's had... Pretty much nothing but bad matchups. And he's been really good. 
but this is a terrible matchup. Is anybody worried about Kyron Williams? At some point, he'll turn into a pumpkin, but you just got to keep starting him until that happens. You know, he's still involved in the passing game. That's going to be an interesting part of this, too, with cutback. You know, how much will those targets still be there with what Higby's done the last two games with, obviously, Nakua and Atwell? You know, so where's Matthew Stafford going to go? But if he's under duress, I think that's still something that he's going to look at as his running back. So I'm still pretty confident in him. He's got the goal line role still locked down, too. So if they're down there and have a chance to score, it's not like we're seeing a Tush push from Stafford. So uh, I think we'll still get Kyron Williams with enough production. Wouldn't play him in DFS, but I certainly would start him in redraft picks. Okay, would you start Kyron Williams or a somewhat struggling Travis Etienne? Williams. Williams. Okay, so you like Kyron Williams quite a bit then. He's top 10 for me All right, in PPR. All right, so questions in this game. Who is the best running back in this game? I have Swift higher. Uh, Swift. Who is the best? We saw four catches last week. That's a nice. That's a nice move. I hope that that sticks. But he's also playing the most. Still explosive. I don't think this is that tough of a matchup. Certainly not with that offensive line that he's working with. I'm confident in Swift. Rams actually allowing the fewest receiving yards per game to running backs. Keep that in mind through four games. Uh, who's the best wide receiver? You already answered that. It's AJ Brown. You guys both go Brown, Smith, Cup, Nakua. Who's the <laughs> Best tight end in this game. <laughs> Goddard. Uh, Higby. Oh, Ooh. all right. I, can, I There's no way I can trust Higby if Cup's back. So the, tell, you're telling me Cup's there, Nakua's there, Atwell's there, and Higby's still going to get double-digit PPR points? Uh, I don't necessarily think that's guaranteed, but you tell me that Devontae Smith's there and A.J. Brown's there, and Dallas Goddard's going to do it. Dallas Goddard's done the last <laughs> four games. So, I mean, it's basically the same argument. Yeah, I didn't say I really like Dallas Goddard, but I, you know, if if I don't, if I agree with the argument, that means I don't like either tight end. I don't feel good starting either tight end. Okay. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting game, but it's, it's, you're starting a lot of players here. So uh, for the Rams, any interest in Matthew Stafford with cutback? And can I just throw out some numbers real quick here? Matthew, if I can find them, just, what the Rams passing offense looked like. Oh yeah. In, in 2021 last year, they were horrible, but they really didn't have a number two receiver and Stafford was hurt. He, I mean, he was, he got hurt late in the season, but he entered the season hurt. But in 2021, he was a top six quarterback. He was eighth per game in six point, 10th per game in four point. He threw for 4,886 yards and 41 touchdowns in 17 games. Cooper cup was the number one receiver. He had almost 2000 yards. He was insane. Robert Woods played nine games. He was on pace for 85 catches, 1,050 yards, and eight touchdowns on 130 targets. He was eight wide receiver 18 per game in PPR, but take away his rushing production, he would have been wide receiver 31 per game. So what you're hoping for, I think, is Nakua being a lot better than Woods and Cup probably not being as good as he was in 2021 when he was, you know, had one of the best wide receiver seasons we've ever seen. Uh, but Stafford was really good, you know? So I'm surprised. He's pretty low for you guys. And the Eagles have struggled. They gave up the third most fantasy points to quarterbacks. A couple reasons for that. They lost their slot cornerback, so they moved Bradbury to the slot. And they're they're really not getting to the quarterback. They're 22nd in pressure rate, which is shocking. I think they were second last year, maybe first. So anyway, long-winded way of saying, why are you so low on Matthew Stafford, Jamie? I I, I said this earlier this week. It's now 17 games going back to 2021, and you gave the stretch where he 
certainly has had injury concerns. But Cooper Cup has played the majority of these games of those 17. So of his last 17 games, he's got two with more than 20 fantasy points. He's got three games this season already of the four with over 300 yards passing and has yet to eclipse 18 points. So I think that's just kind of where he's living right now. So does he have the chance to have a big game this week? Sure, absolutely. Um, I start him over Burrow. I start him over Daniel Jones. I start him over Dak. You know, if you're talking about three guys that were drafted ahead of him, that's fine. But that's that's about it. You know, so QB 16, QB 15, you know, so I have him in a super flex league. I'm fine with him as a number two quarterback there. But I don't think there's a huge ceiling for him unless a lot of things change. The interceptions have to come down. You say he was playing hurt then. He's got a hip injury now, so it's not like he's 100%. And I do think that this offensive line is certainly going to be tested by this Philadelphia front. So while they have not gotten a lot of pressure to the level that we expected them to, this is a turnover type of game for Matthew Stafford also. And the crappy thing for the Rams, and I hate this for them, they're going to be playing an away game in their own building. There are going to be so many Eagles fans there that he's going to have to go with silent count again. It's just crazy. Hmm. Every time they're at home, they know they have no home field advantage. So it's it's just a frustrating situation to watch Matthew Stafford sometimes. All right. Well, I am currently setting a fan to a lineup with Matthew Stafford, Puka Nakua, although Cup's only 500 more, so I think maybe I'll go with Cup. Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, and the reverse stack, you want to if you want if you go that way and you're doing DFS, you want to get someone else on the other side. I'm going Dallas Goddard at 5,500 because Brown and uh, and Smith are obviously. Sounds a good donation. The big one. No, I am in a uh, like a friends group. We paid 50 bucks for the year. We set a lineup every week, so this will be that. Um, okay, uh, so Cup, where do you guys have him ranked, Dave? I'm ranking him pretty much like he's going to be himself again, 10th among wide receivers. So close to where you would normally rank him, but not exactly as high. All right. Well, keep an eye on any reports. Jamie has him 14th. He has him 9th. Keep an eye on any reports. You know, we'll update you on Sunday if he's going to be on a snap count or anything like that. And Puka Nakua is like a borderline 2-3 at wide mm-hmm. receiver. Um, and Tyler Higby is... Like a, low a tight end, end who yeah. might get you eight PPR points. Atwell's a low end number three. Okay. Eagles DST, we starting them? Yes. Don't hate them. All right. Let's do some uh, Nakua's here. Nakua and Cream. Is that funny? <laughs> it is, I'm uh, laughing. Okay. I'm <laughs> uh, Puka Nakua or Brees Hall? Brees. I think... I think I'll take Nakua in full PPR. Puka Nakua or Alexander Madison against the Chiefs? Nakua. I think I'm taking Nakua there too. Puka or Kirk and Ridley? Or who? Well, the Jaguars guys. Jaguars receivers and Puka. I currently have both Jaguars ranked higher. I will take both Jaguars as well. All right. Houston's at Atlanta. Is this the second most intriguing game on the slate? No, but from a fantasy perspective, I think it's actually pretty interesting here because Atlanta's defense, they are 10th in points allowed. They're 6th in yards per play allowed. They have faced Carolina, but also Green Bay, Detroit, and Jacksonville. It's not like they've had a super easy schedule. They're just playing very well. I gave you the stat about only two quarterbacks in their last 14 games have scored more than 20 fantasy points, non-decimal, six point per passing touchdown. Um, So let me give you another stat here, and we kind of alluded to it earlier with the Kyle Pitts injury update. This is the season stats for Pitts and Janu. Pitts has 21 targets. Janu has 20. 
Pitts has 11 catches. Jonu has 15. Pitts has 121 yards. Jonu has 179. And the A dot really jumps out, as Dave mentioned it. Pitts is running downfield. Ritter's not getting it to him. Pitts' A dot is 12 yards, average depth of target. Jonu's is seven. So should we be just straight up be starting Jonu Smith and sitting Kyle Pitts? What's stopping you from doing it? It's simply that it's Jonu Smith. If he was a tight end that had a little bit more of a pedigree coming out of college, maybe he was new to the NFL, maybe he's a rookie or second-year tight end, I think you'd gravitate toward him more. But we've seen Jonu get these opportunities before and then stink it up. I also think that this is a game where Atlanta might be able to run the ball a little bit. So I, I have Jonu like 15th in my tight end rankings, and I'm a little nervous, but I love the idea of stashing him just in case he ends up being a a surprisingly decent target in the Atlanta offense. I hope that the Texans are up by 10-plus points at halftime and they bench Desmond Ritter for Taylor Heineke. Yeah, that's another beat the waiver. But, but I don't know if that necessarily that I don't know if that completely unlocks Pitts. It unlocks Pitts from the standpoint of there won't be a quarterback who's afraid to throw the ball. Taylor Heineke is not afraid to make plays. Whether he makes yeah. mistakes or not, that's a different story. But mm-hmm. he is not going to be gun shy. And that's the biggest thing that Kyle Pitts and Drake London need right now. They need somebody that's going to throw them open or at least attempt to challenge the defense challenge the defenders, uh, as opposed to what Desmond Ritter is, who's playing like a young quarterback. He's playing scared. And he's trying not to make mistakes. And Taylor Heineke's like, I don't care. <laughs> you know, he's he's that type of player. So he's a YOLO quarterback. Hey, so Jacob Gibbs brought this up on our live stream yesterday. The Texans are one of those teams that reliably play a lot of zone, and that's helped tight ends get an 84% catch rate against them because quarterbacks can just check it down. They're open all the time. That's something that I think would help Janu because he's running those shorter routes and is going to get open easier against zone coverage. All right, enough about the, those tight ends. Uh, some other players in this game. Nico Collins or Puka Nakua? Nico. Nico. Tank Dell or Puka Nakua? Puka. Puka, but it's close. If, if you guys were setting everyone's roster, Nico Collins would be started in 90-plus percent of leagues, right? You just must start. If you out. check, if you check uh, Nico's uh, projections on Sportsline, I believe he's like a top-five receiver for this week. He's certainly a top-10. Oh, wow. Let's check his start percentage. Just a lot of people have set lineups in 91%. Okay. So Dell, I guess, is a lot more interesting, right? You guys have him outside your top 24, inside your top 30. Um, would you start Damian Pierce or Tank Dell? Who's a better starter in this game? Dell, by far. I have Dell ranked higher. I thought we were. I thought we had some good vibes on Damian Pierce. I was curious why he was so low for you guys, Route Twenty Four. Atlanta's run defense has been great. Yeah, so that's part of it. And then we're we're still not sure if the offensive line will get those two guys back. I think Titus Howard is going to be back. I'm not sure on Tunsil yet. Keep an eye on that, and I think that will help. But Atlanta's got some big meat up front, and that's going to slow down Pierce. He's averaging 2.8 yards per carry. His metrics are absolutely terrible. He's had a tough schedule, but as you guys said, that is continuing this week. So you basically want to try to get away from Damian Pierce. Got to talk about C.J. Stroud. Uh, He is, last I checked, 11th for Jamie. Let me get the updated rankings. Stroud's 11th for Jamie and 14th for Dave. So um, would you guys start Stroud or Trevor Lawrence? Stroud. Lawrence. Stroud or Russell Wilson? Stroud. Stroud. Stroud or Brock Purdy? Stroud. Same. Stroud. On Atlanta's side of the ball, sit Ritter, start Bijan, 
you know, we got a lot of questions last night on our live stream. Should I start Roshan Johnson, Kenneth Gainwell, Jalen Warren? How do you how do you feel about Tyler Algier, who has had I think fourteen or fifteen carries in both of their wins? They are favored in this game. Any interest in a low end perspective in Algier? Bye week replacement. Four week four teams are on a bye. You know, it just depends on what you have. Like he was dropped in our salary cap league, and I tried to pick him up with no money because I have no money left. Um, and Thomas Schaefer, I think, spent like thirty dollars on him. Okay. Wow. Thomas, that's a lot to spend on Algier. Is Bijan Robinson getting his first rushing touchdown? Sure. I think so. All right. Let's get it. And start. I mean, that, that that's the easiest pivot in the world for Atlanta to make when they're trying to win a game. It's just hand off to Bijan. Yeah, no kidding. Use that guy. He's good. Uh starter sit, Drake London. Sit. Sit if you can. All right. Houston actually allowing the fourth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. They've been pretty mm-hmm. good. They're getting their slot cornerback. Miko Ryan's a good coach. Looks he is a great way. coach. Those players are loving him. Shouldn't everyone just hire people from San Francisco? <laughs> it's a pretty good success rate. All right, speaking of which, Dallas is at San Francisco. Dallas is first in the NFL in pressure rate. San Francisco is seventh. Dallas is third best in pressure rate allowed offensively. San Francisco is 19th. But both teams get the ball out of their hands very quickly. They're both in the top six in you know, lowest or least time to throw. They get the ball out. They distribute it. And that's really what I wanted to focus on here. You're sitting there going, why is Dak Prescott not having a good fantasy season? You know, what's going on with Dak Prescott? A look at the numbers. He's throwing the ball a lot. Three games with 34 or more pass attempts, so it's not that. Career low 2.9% touchdown rate, but his air yards per pass attempt, laughably low. 5.4 yards per attempt in the air. For Dak Prescott, uh, he's completing a lot of passes. He, it's like it's like Tom Brady last year, completing a lot of passes, but they're not going anywhere, and he's not really getting a lot of yak from his receivers. He's throwing to his wide receivers at a career low rate, fifty three point seven percent of the time. So Dak Prescott, for maybe it's because the offensive line's been banged up, guys. Uh, that's what I think it might be. Getting the ball out of his hands super fast. Coordinator throwing really short. Yeah, could be okay, but I hate it. It's been terrible for him. Um, I know you guys are not starting him in this game, but you want to just give some overall thoughts on Dave on what you've seen from Dak and what Dak managers should be doing or thinking right now. I'm looking up some numbers to go along with this, but the hunch is that his a dot is low because of the offensive line and or game script. Remember in week one, his offensive line was just fine. He took on the giants. They blew him out. He didn't have to throw downfield very much. And then after that, the offensive line started to take on some hits. Pressure started coming. He couldn't throw downfield that much. Last week was his second highest rate of throwing passes of 15 or more air yards. Those are deep throws. It was 17.6%. That's okay. That's not great. But a low off target rate all season long, mm-hmm. he just isn't throwing a ton of touchdowns. And he isn't really attacking downfield that much. With the offensive line healthy and a tough matchup, hopefully that line protects him. That's going to be a tough ask for them. But if they do that, then there should be some opportunities for Dak to make some splash plays. Okay. Um, so questions for this game. Which quarterback do you prefer? Purdy. Who is the best wide receiver in this game? Lamb. Still Lamb. But Ayuk's not far behind him. I think this is going to be a game where mm-hmm. if they can protect Purdy, we'll see some of the holes in the secondary without digs there for the Cowboys. I love the Niners minus three and a half in this game. I don't know how you Same. guys feel. I think they're going to, 
they, I think they're going to handle. I don't know about handle them, but I the digs right. The digs thing is going to be, I think, a big deal. Um, also, we have these stats that uh, and Michael Parsons still not one hundred percent too. Right. Um, when both Debo and Ayuk have been on the field at the same time, Ayuk has twenty targets. Debo has eleven. Kittle has seven. McCaffrey has thirteen. Now, part of that, of course, was Week Four when Debo was got no targets. But uh, Ayuk's just been the better receiver. Um, Pollard, any concerns about Pollard against this Niners defense? Concerns no. to the point of benching him? No way. Concerns to the point of him having a monster game? Yes. So, still a top 10 running back. You're still starting him. Probably not the best DFS play because his price is still going to be high. So, I mean, I guess Sunday it's just night. a matter of how you view him, you know, and what you have on your team. But I think you can't get away from him. Um, okay, start Lamb. Any interest in Michael Gallup? In the Michael Wilson, Josh Reynolds, you know, Tyler Boyd type of player, bi week replacement, number three type of guy. He's played be- he's played much better the last two weeks. Brandon Cooks has certainly disappeared. And so he's been, I think, what you can expect without a touchdown. You know, 10, 11 PPR points. He'll probably do something similar. Six, seven targets. If they're chasing points, then hopefully we see Dak's numbers from an attempt standpoint and, and leaning on some of these guys increase. But Jake Ferguson has been a problem for both receivers. I don't know. I think you just kind of know what Michael Gallup is. You know, it's interesting, Dave, that this, the total on this game is, uh, is 45 and the Niners have scored 30 points every game this year. The Cowboys have scored 30 points in three of four games. It, it, to me, I, I, do you think shootout? I think the offenses are better than the defenses in this game. I mean, both teams are good at both. But I feel like I trust the offenses more. How, how do you feel? I feel like it could go over 45. I wonder if that's just a, a public perception thing where they look at both defenses and they see Nick Bosa and Micah Parsons and and people go, all right, well, these are two awesome defenses. But uh, to me, the offensive line means everything to Dallas. And if they're getting Smith back, and now it's a game under their belt since injury for both Zach Martin and Tyler Biedish, I, I think that this line can potentially hold up against the Niners. And the Niners have been bringing it quite well this year with their pass rush. They don't blitz a ton. And I think if that's the case and they stick with that, then there's definitely going to be room for Dak to like be mobile. They could bootleg out. He can move outside of the pocket and throw downfield. I think that would help him a lot. And there could be points for sure. Okay. All right. Um, What did I miss from this game here? So we like Lamb. We like Ayuk. Are we going back to Debo? And we'll talk a little bit more about the tight ends. We're going back to Debo Samuel. Again, it's similar to Pollard. Like you got to really be a loaded, have a loaded fantasy roster to bench somebody like Debo Samuel in this type of game. Um, and I'm mean, gonna guess part of last week was let's just manage his snaps and and right. not risk further injury. He's still on the injury report. That's not cool. But how are you benching him at this point? And who are you benching him for? Like, are you benching him for a receiver that's got sky high upside? Nico. I mean, I I have I have a tough call in the FFT open where it's you know not exactly a, you, two receivers and, and a flex. And so I have um, my receivers are, I forget, the, I have a good number one guy, but um, is Jalen Waddle, Debo Samuel, Jacoby Myers, and Romeo Dobbs. And so it's not an easy call for me to play Debo over all those guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, but you are. Uh, but, uh, but would you start Nico yeah. Collins over Debo? Yes. No. All right. And let's talk about Purdy here because he seems to be almost a guarantee for at least 20 points. It's, it's also a little bit hard it's, to know what amazing. to make. 
A little bit hard to know what to make of Dallas's defense. They face the Giants, the Jets, the Cardinals, and the Patriots this year. This is going to be mm-hmm. such a step up in competition. And I don't think they were particularly good defensively against like great offenses last year. I, I have to go back and look. But um, yeah, Purdy, again, I thought, I thought he'd come in a little bit higher for you guys. You have him 15th. So were we just thinking like low 20s, like usual for him? Yeah. Well, this is this is also a tough competition for him too. You know, let's not discount yeah. that. Yes, the Dallas defense hasn't exactly played the toughest of competition, and yes, they are down one of their key guys. But this is still also, you know, he's not facing Arizona and uh, who else have they played? Giants, the Giants. Rams, Steelers. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. So yeah, I think you just kind of know what you're getting with Purdy. If he doesn't get you the second touchdown, then we might have a little bit of a down game. And you know, Christian McCaffrey scoring, he scored in what 13 straight games? Yeah, 14 straight Something games. Something like that. Um, so if if the Vegas total is correct and these two defenses do show up, then you got to be a little bit concerned about Purdy. But he's a great bye week replacement. He's he's again similar to what we were talking about with Stafford. I would start Purdy over Stafford, um, but he's similar to to that type of quarterback where you're starting him over Burrow, you're starting him over Jones, you're starting him over Prescott. You know, you kind of just know what you're getting at this point. So I have I think you Adam, we've talked about this. Um, we both have a situation of Purdy and Burrow, and oh. I don't know how you could trust <laughs> Burrow over Purdy at this point. So. Yeah. Easy to stick with him, but just know that the ceiling is a little bit limited. He has just, played much better at home. I don't think he's had a game under 20 fantasy points at home. He's, he's had one game in his regular season career under 20 fantasy points, and it really should have been 20 fantasy points because it included a pass that was ruled a lateral for a touchdown right. in the game. We, we talked about the offensive line protecting Dak. Niners have to have the same thing for Purdy because the Cowboys, they here's the two things that they do well. They bring pressure just as well, if not more so, than the 49ers and they play a lot of man coverage behind and Purdy's numbers, his completion rate and his yards, they're noticeably higher against zone than man. And he struggles like most quarterbacks when he's under pressure, 48.6% of his throws are completed 5.6 yards per attempt. Those are numbers that actually kind of scream out Debo to me because they're short throws. He's got to get rid of it quickly. He can't wait for Brandon Ayuk to get open 11 yards downfield. And so I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about Purdy having a big game, but the fact that, you know, he's got a genius as a play caller and he does, he's so effortless in this offense. I think he can get you 20 or 21 fantasy points. No problem. Okay. That's going to pretty much wrap it up for that. Oh, sorry. Ferguson, Higby, Kittle, Goddard. Who's, who's the best tight end? Ferguson. I reluctantly have Kittle over Ferguson just because I think he's also a good short area target for Brock Purdy. But I totally get it with Ferguson as a as a dump off, easy to throw to guy who could get six for sixty, no problem. Kittle Kittle might be playing more offensive line than tight end this game. That's fair. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, Cincinnati's at Arizona. Can we trust anyone? On the uh, yes, you can trust some. That's a bad tease. Uh, can we trust Marquise Brown in this game? Uh, there you go. Now you're going to stay tuned. We'll be right back. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back, everybody. The Bengals are at the Cardinals. Are the Bengals going to lose? Are they going to go to one and four? Stat of the game. No wide receiver has more than 72 yards against the Bengals. Puka Nakua had five for 72. Remember, he caught that late, like, 30-ish yard catch. Uh, he's the only wide receiver with more than 63 yards against the Bengals. No wide receivers had more than seven targets against the Bengals. So we already talked about Michael Wilson. He's a, he's a number three, four wide receiver. But Marquise Brown, three big games in a row, Jamie. Has Marquise Brown earned must-start status, or are you concerned about him in this matchup? Slightly concerned. He's definitely a must-start receiver in three-receiver leagues. You can't get away from what he's done and how Josh Dobbs has played. So I think you got to give him some some do there that he should be in those formats in two receiver leagues. No, I think you got to give this Bengals defense some credit. Their secondaries play well, and this should be a game where James Conner has an opportunity to run on this Bengals defense as well. So, you know, you hate to say take away the touchdowns and what has Marquise Brown done, but you take away the touchdowns and some of these games haven't exactly been fantastic performances that are overwhelming. So I think that's kind of what you sort of have to operate under the assumption of if he doesn't score, what are you getting? And it could be a five for 60 type of day. So good, not great. Um, I would put him in the number three receiver range as opposed to the number two receiver range. I've got him as a number two receiver. I think that they're going to throw a decent amount. I agree that Connor's going to have a big game, but I, I I got this feeling that the Bengals' offense is going to be a little bit better than what we've seen the past couple of weeks. Not that I'm starting Joe Burrow, not that I'm saying he's going to have like 25 points and, and be an absolute monster, but I, I think they make the game competitive. And I like what I've seen from Brown, at least seven targets each of the last three games, at least five catches in each. Yes, if you take away the touchdowns, he's right at 11 PPR points. But I think he could score. I think he could have a couple of big plays. I I think he's the second. It's easy to say he's the second best receiver this game. He might be the second best receiver in this game, even if T. Higgins plays. That's I've been impressed with him and I've been impressed with Josh Dobbs. Is there really a possibility that T. Higgins plays? Doesn't seem like it at this point. I mean, it's. From what I understand, it's a pain tolerance thing as opposed to, you know, does he need to be out there practicing? So if he feels like he's able to go, they'll probably play him. But then you got to worry, is he a decoy? How much is right. he you know, tolerate? We saw that last year. Remember last year with T. Higgins? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, a different injury. Little, little, little different situation because if they lose this game, they're really done. Um, but look, he's, you know, got to worry about his contract and his future. So if that's also a player too. If they go one and four, they might have that type of receiver that they can trade to the Panthers. Hey. Uh, yeah, but the Panthers don't have the capital to pay up for T. Higgins. I, I would think if they're trading him, that's like a you know big time suitor come calling Chiefs maybe. All right, hmm, so maybe. let's uh, all right, let's sum this game up. Do your best to sit Joe Burrow. Jamie has Zach Wilson ahead of Burrow. Dave has Burrow one spot ahead of Zach Wilson. Um, Daniel Jones, Jamie has ahead of Burrow. Dave does not. But that's the quarterbacks we're talking about here. You can start Matthew Stafford over Joe Burrow, as we said earlier. Brock Purdy, Josh Dobbs over in the same game. Josh Dobbs. Dave, you actually have Dobbs 12th. Um, you have yeah. Dobbs ahead of Stroud, ahead of Purdy. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a pretty, it's a nice endorsement there of of Josh Dobbs. The only thing I worry about with Dobbs is if they're playing with the lead, are we going to get that sort of frenetic play from him? 
Right. Yeah, I, th- I think it's going to be if, if it's a lead that they have. It, it, I don't think it'll be more than like ten points. Okay, and Chase is a must start. Is Mixon? You've already talked about Connor. I know you guys love Connor. Um, is Mixon a must start? Yes. Number two running back. Okay. Would you start Kyron Williams over Mixon? Yes, but barely. Yes. Would you start Kyron Williams over James Conner? No. Uh, no. What about the Colts? I like Conner over Pollard. What about Mixon versus the Colts, guys? Mixon. Mixon. All right. Unless, hold on. I don't, I don't know if I'd love Moss if there's no Jonathan Taylor. Like, let's say the Colts don't make Jonathan Taylor active. I think I'd still like Mixon over Moss just because yeah, I'm not touching that great. Moss against the Titans. Yeah. I thought about it for a second. No. All right. Anywho, uh, that's it. Don't start Higgins if he plays. Tyler Tyler Boyd, I mean, by weeks, so he could get you 10 PPR points. He's getting he seven. He do that any week. Seven or nine targets. I know what he three does. Three straight games. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's but, got he's averaging eight targets a game in the last three with Higgins. Right. And so now you take Higgins away, and maybe it's a 10 target game for him. They're gonna throw probably 45 plus times again. You know, so for 175 yards? Yeah, that's the that's the downside of it. So PPR will get you maybe seven for 40. Okay. I am making a wager on the 49ers. I inspired myself to bet. On the Niners minus three and a half. Just letting everybody know. Now we're all in this. How many together. units? Thirty-one. Like one unit. Thirty-one dollars. Oh. Which is actually one of the biggest bets I I will make. I do not bet big. Yeah, I know. But that's, I feel that's why I said ooh. Yeah, I feel very confident in this. I feel very confident. Uh, I think that's it for this game. Um, oh, Ertz. Would you start Ertz yeah. over the Ferguson Higby Goddard? Who else? Some other guy. A Kittle, Kittle. crew. Uh, in PPR, I would start him over Goddard and Kittle. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna move Ferguson a spot ahead of Ertz. I can't do it. Okie dokie. Uh, Kansas City's at Minnesota. Stat of the game. Let's talk about this Minnesota run defense. DeAndre Swift, his his huge game on Thursday night. He's the only running back with more than 41 rushing yards or a touchdown against the Vikings. They've been a pretty good run defense aside from that game. That was, uh, however, against Rashad White, Josh Kelly and the injured Miles Sanders slash Chuba Hubbard. How do you feel about Isaiah Pacheco in this game, Jamie Eisenberg? Very solid number two running back. His numbers the last two weeks have been fantastic. And so, you know, I think you're seeing um, the evolution of what he has become and kind of what this Chiefs offense has been as well, that they are relying a little bit more on one guy to carry the carry the the, the running back load. We still have... The passing game is still there, but playing with a lead, look, Minnesota is going to have to try and defend the Chiefs passing game as best they can. And so that should open up some rushing lanes. The the offensive line from a run blocking perspective has been awesome. And so I think you just look at Pacheco, the way that he's running. Um, it's it's like, you know, he's he's chasing somebody that stole some from him. he just runs angry <laughs> every time he touches the ball. It's fun to watch. And he's being using the passing game, too. You know, so uh, the, the the things that we were concerned about, is he going to get, you know, touchdowns? I, I know it hasn't exactly been the goal line variety all the time, but is he going to get touchdowns? He's answered that the last couple of games. Is he going to be involved in the passing game? He's answered that all season so far, you know, whether it's been just routes run or even getting those chances. So 
I think it's just hard not to view him as a number two running back. And I don't think the Vikings run defense should be the reason why you'd be benching him because of what they've done. You, you listed the names of the players that they've had success against. Yeah. And this is just a different animal that they're facing. You like him better than Madison? Yes. You guys like Madison? In this I don't game? mind Addison. Madison. Madison. Sorry. Madison. Madison. What? Madison. Yeah. I don't know how to feel about Actually, Madison. No, I mean, no, 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 no. I've got Pacheco over Madison and Addison. I don't know how to feel about the Vikings in this game, you know, because I do like the Chiefs defense quite a bit. They give up the fewest or 10th fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks uh, running back. Let's see. They give up the sixth fewest points to running backs, but 4.6 yards per carry. They've been good against running backs in the passing game this year. They give up the 10th fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. Uh, they're not good against tight ends so far. So who's a great start for the Vikings? Who's a great start, Dave? Justin Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> But Cousins is Cousins a great start? Cousins is a good start too. I've got him sixth among quarterbacks. I think he can be very, very good. I think I think Minnesota goes right back to doing what they did for the first three weeks of the season, and that's throw a ton. Madison's helped a little bit in that because he can catch the ball, so maybe that helps him in PPR. But I, I think I think Jefferson and Hawkinson are the two guys that fantasy managers are mu- can say are musts, and Addison is a flex. I mean, Cousins is in, your, in the top seven for everybody. Fourth for Heath, last I checked. Those rankings do change. But Goff scored 16 points against the Chiefs. Lawrence scored eight. Fields scored 11. And at the time, it was easy to dismiss it. He wasn't playing well. But look what he's done last since then. Zach Wilson did score 22. That was, And he could have had a better game. A couple of touchdowns he missed. But that was a bad week. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, all right. So start Cousins. Cousins... Uh, yeah, I think you know who to start him over. Pass volume offense, high scoring game. That's literally all. And, and Cousins has played well this year. And Mahomes is top two for everyone, like Pacheco, as I mentioned. Any receivers for the Chiefs? It's just stash, Raji Rice. All right. Vikings do allow the most fantasy points to receivers. Start Kelsey. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about Jordan Addison. Addison or Nakua. Puka. Addison or Tank Dell? Addison. I will take Dell. Addison or Madison? I think I have Dell ranked higher. I'll go Dell over Addison. Um, They're back-to-back for me. It's close. Addison and PPR. I've got Madison. All right. So far, the Chiefs kind of middle of the pack in terms of big plays allowed, and that's what Addison is. Unfortunately, he's Right now, he's a big play guy. He's a high A dot, high route depth guy. And, uh, you know, he needs to hit that home run, it seems. <clears throat> it's a garbage time thing. That's They're not going to do a lot in the first half, most likely. What, what, garbage time. I, I don't know about garbage mm. time, right? That That's kind of implying they're going to be getting blown out. Yes. You think they're going to be getting blown out? Yes. I mean, I think they might be losing by seven in the fourth quarter. I don't know if they're getting blown out. A final score could be a blowout score. All right, but I I I think Minnesota stays competitive. I think with Madison, it might be a garbage time thing, but it could also be a touchdown thing. It should be a lot of passing one way or the other. That's kind of the key here. Carolina at Detroit, last game uh, that we're doing today. Quote of the game from De- uh, Detroit linebacker Alex Anzalone on why the Lions' run defense is so much better this year than it was last year. This is from USA Today. Quote, teams were figuring out last year how to get certain weaknesses exposed. This year, there really are none so far. So we are trying to keep it that way. 
And if you look at the, the tail of the two run defenses, Jamie, Detroit, they are just incredible. Carolina, incredibly bad. Fourth most fantasy points to running backs. 4.9 yards per carry allowed to running backs. So Montgomery is an easy start. What about Jameer Gibbs? Any interest in Gibbs this week? Uh, Yeah, I'm still starting him, but the expectations are definitely lower at this point. They have to be. And so you just have to hope that there's a big play or some chances that we're going to David Montgomery go to Jameer Gibbs. It's Again, it's more hope than there is he's done this or they're going to give him that because they just have not done that yet. You know, even the game that Montgomery missed, it was a productive outing for Jameer Gibbs when he had 14 carries and got you 80 yards rushing, but it was an empty stat line because he didn't score and wasn't using the passing game. So I think he's clearly got more upside in PPR than non-PPR. It would be fascinating to see what would happen if Amon Ross St. Brown's not there and does he become that go-to option Ooh. in the passing game for him along with Sam Laporta. But there's so many moving parts to this Detroit offense, you know, and now you're adding another player in the mix with Jamison Williams. So that takes away a little bit of what Jameer Gibbs is. It's just the frustrating part is they're high-fiving and they're celebrating when they drafted him, and then they're not using him to the level that he should be used. It, you know, 32 carries for David Montgomery in a game coming off a thigh injury. That could have easily been a 25-carry game, and those other uh, – my math is bad. Those other seven carries could have gone to Jameer Gibbs in garbage time, and maybe he breaks one and gives you some fantasy production that we've been waiting for. So – um, number, number two running back, but on the low end variety, better than Damian Pierce, for example, better than for me, better than both Colts guys. I, I don't want to risk the, uh, the potential rotation there for, for Taylor and Moss in PPR. I start Taylor over Gibbs and non PPR. Um, I'm trying to think, I, I start him over both, uh, both Steelers guys. I start him over. How about Madison? Uh, How about Alexander Madison? Uh, no, I start Madison over Gibbs. I mean, it's just, he's getting enough work that. It's it's a problem for Gibbs, but look, the, the, there's going to be a breakout game at some point. Not that that means get away from David Montgomery. This is the perfect landing spot. They're they're huge favorites. They're at home. This run defense stinks, and so one 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 of these times where oh he almost broke that tackle or he was one one foot away from yeah. you know taking it seventy yards. That that could easily happen this week. Okay, Dave, talk to me about the Lions wide receivers here with and without St. Brown. St. Brown is obviously the top target. Slot guy, easier matchup against Carolina for sure. And uh, I think Reynolds will still end up playing a lot. Hopefully he's in that six-target range, even with Jameson Williams coming back. I can't help but think that the Lions, especially if they're if they're building a lead, try and take a couple of deep shots with Jameson Williams. I wouldn't expect a lot of snaps for Williams. Like 11 snaps would be a surprise. But I, I wonder if, if, uh, if he's the reason why Jared Goff has a great week instead of a good week, because they take some deep chances, and they can do that against Carolina. Their defense isn't that good. Yeah, uh, Laporta, you didn't ask about the tight ends, but Laporta is a it. must. Mm-hmm. Easy start at tight end, and I think that's really it. Now, if there's no Amon Ross St. Brown, I, I think that I agree with Jamie. I think that boosts Gibbs. I think that boosts Laporta. I think that boosts Reynolds. I think it could be gross, and it's like Khalif Raymond. That ends up getting a few extra targets more so than Jamison Williams. We've we've seen how careful the Lions have been with Jameer Gibbs. You can't expect them to be, you know, willy nilly with Jamison Williams and let him run thirty routes in this first game back. They're going to take kid gloves with him too. Which, if you had to pick a Panthers running back, who would it be? Jonathan Stewart. <laughs> I mean, you got to figure they're playing from behind, and it's a lot of passing. It's like Gibson versus yeah. Robinson kind of. And Hubbard, they split carries evenly. I mean, I feel like Sanders has a better chance to score, but who would who would you pick, Jamie, Hubbard or Sanders? 
I mean, I'm going to start Sanders over Hubbard because they're, you know, if if they are competitive in this game and and he is healthy, then he should have an opportunity to be impacting the game. But man, it last week was frustrating. You know, mispractice on Friday with the groin injury, and then you saw first time that you know he wasn't healthy, so they took him off the field, and and Hubbard played more snaps than him in a competitive game. You know, it wasn't like this was just a complete comeback effort against the Vikings. They were they were right there with them. Yeah. So for this week, I I, I could see it's certainly a game script, like you alluded to, Adam, where Hubbard is more involved. They're not going to have a lot of success running if you know even if they are competitive in the game. You know, by let's say. There's a there's a Jared Goff pick six, a, a special team score. We saw Kirk Cousins throw a pick six last week against this defense, also. So, um, yeah, I just it, it it's not good to be in the Miles Sanders camp right now because of his health, because of the offensive line, because of the offense. There's just a lot of things working against him. Do you remember the game between these teams last year, where Detroit came into the game? They they had been on such a roll stopping the run. Oh yeah, yeah. This is the and then team. and then it was it was Hubbard and Deontay Dante Foreman. I've been saying his name wrong for so long. I'm sorry. Dante Foreman pulverizing them. Oh, it was the first game after they traded McCaffrey. And was it that early in the year? Yeah. No. I, I didn't think it was that early really? in the year. But I, because I the end of the season, when Detroit's run defense was awesome. No, this was during that stretch of when their run defense was awesome. Well, let's just, let's this was right. the only I don't team. think it was like week eight or whatever. This was the Maybe only it was. team that crushed them, and they and they, it was yeah. weird. Yeah. And so Dan Campbell was asked about that, and he went on and on about how he said, "This is a quote: We were not emotionally ready to go." And apparently, like it has stuck with Dan Campbell how bad they were in that game and how unprepared oh, right. they were in that game. All right, guys. So listen, let's. let's I, I, I think here. they will be up for stopping everything that the Panthers <laughs> do on the ground. Like they almost hyper focus on it because of last year. Adam Thielen's the last guy I want to talk about. Would you start Adam Thielen over Debo Samuel this week? No, I I can't do it. Would you start him? I, I like them both as as quality number two receivers, but I can't do it. Would Definitely you start not. Start Thielen over Joe Mixon in PPR. Sure, sure. In PPR, yes. Start Thielen or Ridley? Thielen. Yep. Uh, we promise Zach you. Zach James sigh, that same deep breath before I say oh. that something like that. Uh, I've got Waddle ahead of Thielen. I'm curious what you guys think of that. Uh, I don't hate it. I would, yeah. Yeah, I'd give the Giants defense I, I can credit. see this being the Waddle game a against little bit the better Giants. Lately. They're defense but not this week um last thing i got this Thielen stat he has the ninth most catches in the nfl there are 15 wide receivers with 23 or more catches Thielen is the only one without a catch of more than 25 yards so he's old not explosive he's getting the job done hopefully he has another good game here and then we could start talking about selling high on adam Thielen, or maybe holding him we'll see maybe- oh you should be selling high on him now Okay. I mean, he's obviously the preferred target, though. So it's 15 or more points three weeks in Just a row. Just because you're selling high on somebody doesn't mean he's going to stink. Like, he could still be productive, but you could get something great in return. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Okay. That's it. Any sleepers uh, in this game, like a DJ Chark or. <laughs> What's the Lions DST roster ship up to? 80%. Okay. So he's already, they've already been grabbed up. Um, I think, you know, if you're looking at it, maybe Mingo is somebody to beat the waiver wire, you know, just based on what Terrace Marshall have done the last game and a half. Hopefully Mingo starts to do something like that. Chark is hard to trust because his only good game so far has come with Andy Dalton. It's a revenge game for him. You guys That's ever play, uh, you ever play Zingo? 
I remember Zingo. I remember Zingo. Hubbard is, I think Hubbard's a better stash than Mingo. I would agree, 100%. Yeah, 56% rostered. All right, go everybody go play some Zingo. That's probably what you're doing this weekend. So have a fun one. I am go. I forgot to tell you, Dan cheated in the Dynasty League, and I he doesn't know, and I'm going to call him out for it on the mailbag. So that's going to be Ooh. something to really look for. Dan cheated. Schaefer cheated. Uh, four people, I think, in the Dynasty League cheated without realizing it. So I have to call. Did I cheat? No, you did not. You did it. Damn it! I want to cheat. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll talk to you on the mailbag. Uh, that is at noon Eastern on Friday, or you can hear it on Saturday. Thanks to Dave, Jamie, and Zach Brooke, our producer. I'm Adam. See you later, everybody. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo, thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.